Jamaica and South Africa established diplomatic relations on the 9th of September 1994, five months following the historic free and democratic elections in South Africa. To talk more about uh, the relations and other developments between the two countries, I am joined in studio by the High Commissioner of Jamaica to South Africa, Her Excellency Joanne Thomas Edwards. Good morning, Madam, and welcome to Ubuntu Radio. Good morning, and thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for uh, joining us. Second time around in South Africa. Yes, it is. How yes. do you find your uh, new stay being? Because you've been here back in 2006. You know, one word I would use, I'm re-energized. Mm. When I came before, I was thrilled. But now I'm re-energized and ready to, to move on to build bridges between Jamaica and South Africa. How did you feel when you were uh, notified that you are coming back to South Africa? I said, I'm coming back home. Wow. Back home. Yeah, South Africa has very fond memories for me. Mm -hmm. I was here in 2006 to establish Jamaica's first high commission. Mm -hmm. So I established it as the acting high commissioner. I, I was here for three years. So I laid the foundation. Wow. And so it's good to come back to see how whether there has been progress and to build on what the foundation that has been there before it's so quite it's a, very, it's a it's a it's a very a very fulfilling experience it is i can imagine maybe before we get into the details of our discussion today i'd like to get to know you better sure. when did your diplomatic career start and how did it start i tell people that my diplomatic career started by chance mm. i finished university in 1989 and I said, now what am I going to do? I, uh, my, my degree was, my first degree was a Bachelor of Arts specializing in Spanish languages and social sciences, so mm. political science. So, mm. so what was I going to do? So I said I would teach. Then my, a, a colleague of mine, she's still my colleague, we were both at university together. She said, you know, I'm going to the, the interview booth. They're, they're interviewing for the Minister of Foreign Affairs why don't you come with me? I said, okay, I'll follow you. So I, I tagged along. So that's how I ended up in the foreign ministry. I did the first and second interviews, and here I am, 33, 34 years later, I'm still with the Minister of Foreign Affairs. Wow, you know why I'm, I'm, <laughs> I seem amazed. Your story is a little bit similar like mine. Um, when I started in radio, I was still in university, and one day, my brother and I uh, were in the same university. So my brother was working for a community radio station in the campus. So one day, I, I was walking to class and I walked past his room. And he was like, today they are interviewing for radio personalities at the station. Would you mind coming to try your luck? <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm not a radio person. But he insisted that I come. And I went, and the rest is history. That's right. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and how did you find your journey since uh, back then? 30, 30? 34 years. 34 yes, years the journey later. has been a fulfilling one. Mm. One of the things that I appreciate about the Foreign Service is that you have so much... Um, I can exercise quite a bit of creativity mm. because I'm not stuck in one mold. Yes. I'm not stuck. I do different things at different times. You know, every three years you move on. Mm -hmm. And for Jamaica, where we do have a, fo a small foreign service, mm -hmm. um, the opportunity 
exists for you to move into very, very different areas and experience different things at different times. For example, I started out in the protocol department where, you know, you receive diplomats and you learn you learned the art, the craft of diplomacy in terms of um, accrediting and according immunities and um and so then I moved into the policy-related areas mm. where I did political, um, where I could exercise the, my writing skills, my speech writing skills, my research skills, which wow. was something that I love to do. Mm. Because mm. I also moved on to become an attorney at law um, several years later. So that flexibility in the foreign service i could you could do many things mm. so i moved into the more policy oriented areas then i moved into multilateral work and i had great mentors in that area one of whom is deceased um her name is ambassador patricia durant she molded me in the area of multilateral diplomacy and i loved it so i served at the united nations I served when Jamaica was a sitting member of the Security Council. So that experience, that was in 2000. And Jamaica has only served twice on the Security Council in 1979 and in, in 2000 when I was there. So I was there as an alternate rep on the Security Council. That experience for two years was like being in a crucible, you know, <laughs> the learning. The, you saw power mm -hmm. in, its, in its rawest form mm -hmm. and you understood the power dynamics in the world. So that experience is, is, is in, in, indispensable. You, you can never buy that experience anywhere. You couldn't study that in a textbook. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> it was just an extremely good experience. So then I moved into other areas. I, um, as I said, I, I did law, even though I am not a practicing attorney at law, but mm. I have qualified and I, I moved into setting up this high commission afterwards in um in 2006 mm. and then remained in uh went to london as a deputy high commissioner and um returned to headquarters took a leave of absence and then i did a bit of legal work but i went to belize accompanied my husband so i worked in the financial intelligence unit of belize so mm. i i am really grateful to belize as well for excellent experience i had also gone to the UN, United mm. Nations, and served as a human rights officer in Angola. Wow. So it's not my first time on the continent. Yay. So I love the continent. So mm. human rights work. So it all comes together. So as I said to you, the foreign ministry gave me the opportunity to exercise different skills. Wow. And I am just totally grateful to the foreign ministry mm. for allowing me that space. Mm. So I've never been pigeonholed. So wow. I've done many different things, I see. And, and, and I really love that. And my last dispensation before coming here was the Undersecretary for Foreign Trade. So foreign trade, for that I did for five years. Mm. So the, the trade, the whole trade landscape is something that is very, very dear to me as well. So I've had quite a, a rich experience in, mm. the, in, the, in the Ministry of Foreign Affairs of Jamaica. So as a woman in diplomacy, what kind of challenges do you encounter? Well, you know, when I entered the foreign service, I saw and I was told that it was a man's world. Mm. Diplomacy is, um, you know, traditionally a, a, a man's field. You know, even some of the diplomatic jokes here, um, <laughs> you, 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 you realize it's a man's world. Mm. So 
but I stood on the shoulders of several who were there before me who paved the way. I mentioned one of my mentors before, but there are several women in the Foreign Service, um, Ambassador Carmen Paris, who was our first female ambassador. We have um, Ambassador Lucille Mayer, Ambassador Patricia Durant, you know, and others who paved the way for us women. So the journey was smoother for us. Mm. So by the time I moved up in the service, it was more commonplace for women. In fact, in our foreign service, we have more women diplomats than we do men. Mm. And more women in senior management positions than we do men. The, the, you know, the, the, it, the tide has turned. Wow. <laughs> and so... And that, that's amazing. We really need the right. transformation. That's right. So, mm. and then, of course, one of the things you have to do, you have to work very hard. It's not a, it's not a bed of roses. Many people think that the field of diplomacy is one of all um, just entertaining and standing up with a champ champagne glass. Well, yeah. I, I, I tell people it's not that at all. Um, diplomacy is hard work. It is. It's a lot of hard work. And, you know, as I mentioned, being on the Security Council, family sacrificing. Mm, mm, you know, mm. sometimes we have to, as, especially as women, we, that, the family life gets sacrificed. You have to be traveling a lot. And that, for me, was a big challenge. I have a family. I'm married with three children. Mm, mm. And um, balancing that is always a bit of a challenge. It is. It you is. Know? And having your spouse follow behind you, mm. <laughs> that's mm. not always easy. <laughs> uh, especially, especially for men. For men. So, you know, you have to find a special man. And thank God I found a special one who wow. has the flexibility to follow me yes. and to be supportive yes. of me. Mm. So uh, so it, it has helped the journey to be quite quite a good one. You indicated that you, you came here in 2006 you were trusted with the responsibility of establishing the first office of uh, the High Commission of, of, of Jamaica in South Africa. Talk to me about those early days. What, what um, were your, your key focus? What was your key focus at that point? And what challenges did you encounter in setting up the office? Okay. Well, the first thing I needed to do was to um, find physical space. Mm. So in terms of the logistics and everything... Um, that um, that had challenges too, but I must say the South African Ministry, the DERCO, uh, at that time it was just the Department of Foreign Affairs, of Foreign Affairs yes. at the time, mm -hmm. and Minister Dalami Zuma, she was very supportive of Jamaica, and um, you know the you know the, the hitches you will have logistics, finding a building, renting a building, mm. and the, the contracts and all those things associated. We did have some of those challenges. So it took me uh, at least a good four or five months before I could actually sign <laughs> a lease and, wow. get, it, and mm. get it operational. But she was very supportive. And the team at the um, Department of Foreign Affairs at the time yeah. were very supportive. So once we established that, we now had to move into... Um, the bilateral relations because in terms of strengthening the relations you need to, to do specific things. We need to look at um, what can we trade together? Mm. Is trade feasible? Mm. So we had to do the, did a lot of um, um, scouting. What can work? And But the main challenge I had and I mentioned it here was that many people, many South Africans didn't know Jamaica. Mm. 
So Jamaica, where in Africa is that? I would get these kinds of, of, of comments. And mm. so so I realized the first thing we need to do was a people to people contact. Yes. But Jamaica and South Africa, even though historically Jamaica has been is well known for reggae music and it's popular here in South Africa. I found that the average South African did not know, know where, where Jamaica, Jamaica was. So they say, yes, Bob Marley, so and so. And then the next obstacle that I had to overcome was for the South African business community to see Jamaica as a serious place to invest. Yeah, yeah. Because I must say, all I kept hearing is, oh, Jamaica, no problem. The land of weed, uh, ganja, <laughs> and the land of, uh, you know, reggae, Ahoy. beach and sand. <laughs> we, I, I'm not um, discounting the fact that that may be there, but that's not ja the real Jamaica. Yes. Right? Mm. So I had to do a lot of um, groundwork in terms of, well, I guess this is where public diplomacy comes in. Who is Jamaica? And establishing who we are as a people. And the commonalities that exist between the Jamaica and South Africa, yeah. mm. our rich cultures, um, sports. So we had, to, so we laid that foundation, which which now culminates in what we have now in terms of um, uh, our MOU in terms of on, on different things, sports and recreation, culture, science and technology, and our political consultations, which are annual. So. Um, that those years were foundation years, the first three years. Mm, mm, mm. If you have just joined us, you are listening to The Diplomat on Ubuntu Radio. Remember, we are coming to you live from the Department of International Relations and Cooperation South Africa in Rittondale, Pretoria. Do follow us on Facebook, Ubuntu Radio ZA, on X at Ubuntu Radio ZA. We are also on Instagram at official Ubuntu Radio ZA. My personal hand at Thelma underscore on radio. I have in studio uh, the High Commissioner of Jamaica to South Africa, Her Excellency Joanne Thomas Edwards. Um, Your Excellency, South Africa and Jamaica have strong historical and political ties, with Jamaica having played a very important role in South putting South Africa in the struggle against apartheid. How is the current state of bilateral relations between the two countries? Well, thank you for that. As you rightly mentioned, we have historically good relations, and it still continues. We were out there in the in the struggle um, in the pre um, in the apartheid era, so our 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 role and our contribution is well known. But what we need to do now, and it, this is where the focus of our bilateral relations is, is to build on economic growth for both countries. Mm. So the bilateral relations should further that. Now, the state of it is very good. We, um, as I mentioned before, we have several agreements that have been signed since 1994. Mm. Sports, arts and culture, science and technology, and we um, are building on our um, po political consultations. Mm. Things have, in, in terms of movement and the robustness, that we would have wanted, it's not, it's not as expected. It's not at the level that we would want. Mm. So that's one of the things that I'd want to do uh, during my tenure here for four years is to move the needle a little further in terms of strengthening these in those those particular areas. I should also mention tourism. 
uh, that's a, a big plus for us. Now, Jamaica and South Africa, we both have are, 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 are good or have expertise in tourism. Jamaica has been a longer player in tourism than South Africa. So we have quite a lot to share with the world. Mm. Mm. For example, we can cooperate in that area. We can um, share best practices. Jamaica can share with South Africa. It's our gift to the world. Uh, we can share one area that we have been looking at, especially since COVID, having emerged well out of COVID. Jamaica is one of the countries that we did well emerging from COVID. Mm -hmm. And one of the areas that we look at is tourism resilience. So we are willing and we have had discussions with the Minister of Tourism here to establish a tourism resilience centre. And I think things are, plans are far advanced in terms of that. And we really want more people-to-people -people cooperation. People, So we would want to look at a direct transport, air transport. Connectivity is a big challenge. We are far. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. we, there's no joke about it. It's far. It takes two days to get here. Wow. And um, we would want to see more Jamaicans coming to South Africa mm -hmm. and vice versa, more South Africans heading to Jamaica. So if we, um, I should have discussions with SAA on, you know, the possibilities that exist. So it's something that has started and we intend to continue with that. I, I should also mention sports. I mentioned it earlier. Mm. Sports is a big um, unifying factor. We are yes. both sporting nations. Yes, yes. Jamaica is well known. We are leaders in that area, track and field, in almost every discipline. Netball, we were here for, we had the netball um, championships here. Jamaica placed third. Um, sadly, we, South Africa did not um, win against us. Mm. <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, we are co Competitors, not competitors. Mm, it's mm. a it's a word that we have coined. So we can <laughs> we can share with each other best practices in those areas, sports. Uh -huh. So we have signed that agreement, and we are looking at um, having exchanges. Um, in fact, I I I'm not speaking too early, but this month we'll have a South African Minister of Sports, the Deputy Minister of Sport, will be heading to Jamaica to look at the first to sign uh, another agreement which is more or less a more detailed program of action is a program of cooperation in sports mm, mm. and we were looking one of the things we've been looking at is how, how Jamaica has managed to integrate sports in school I was very privileged to have shared at the sports in Daba this year where we looked at best practices and Jamaica was one of those that we looked at mm. so there has been movement in terms of the bilateral relations, can be more robust, but we are moving. Uh, you have mentioned quite a number of um, uh, agreements uh, that have been signed, but there's this memorandum of understanding on the establishment of political consultations between South Africa and Jamaica, which was signed in September 2015, making provision for political consultations at senior level, uh, senior officials' levels. Um, I, I I would like to find out, has there been any developments since the signing of that Memorandum of Understanding? Well, yes. There was a lull initially, but we did have the political consultation, the inaugural one, last year. That's 2022. Mm. And uh, um, concurrent with that, we had the Science and Technology um, uh, um, Agreement that was also signed and also inaugurated. So we have those two mechanisms working together. 
Since then, since the political consultations in 2022, we have had um, one of the, the mechanisms that Durko has is that they engage me on a quarterly basis to ensure that there is movement on that. Mm. So, as I said, there are some aspects that we we have been moving on. The sports has been moving. With the culture, we, we want to definitely move on that. Tourism, definitely. And um, science and technology. The, the, the experts have been meeting and we expect to see some progress. In, there are so many areas that we can cooperate in terms of science and technology. Um, um, Jamaica has been active in several things, looking at nutraceuticals and um, cosmeceuticals as well, where we can cooperate in those areas. So I would say there are great things ahead. Jamaica cooperates with its neighbors in the region and is perceived as an important role player towards the strengthening of South-South cooperation, particularly amongst the Caribbean countries. Can Jamaica be counted amongst the countries that collaborate with South Africa in the multilateral forum? Certainly. Well, let me first address the, the first aspect you mentioned about um, the Jamaica in the Caribbean and South-South cooperation. Well, that is an area that we have been very interested in, or more than interested, we have been moving in that direction. As a member of CARICOM, mm. we have worked along with the African Union, and just two years ago we had a summit, the CARICOM Africa Summit. That's the first of its kind, where we're looking at establishing closer links between the region and Africa. Mm. Because, as you know, we see Africa as the motherland, mm. but more so, we believe that our economic, um, stronger economic ties will lead to the development of both regions. Mm, mm. And we are looking at things like trading more with Africa. There are obstacles, there are big challenges, and the big one is distance and the logistics of getting goods into Africa. Mm. But it's not uh, insurmountable, so we need to find ways around it. So so there's the Africa-Caribbean summit. And with that, we also had... um, the Africa Caribbean Day, which is recognized every year in September. Okay. So that's that's one one way of keeping the flames alive. There was also the Africa Exim Bank, which was established um, last year in the region. It's headquartered in Barbados, and that mechanism will allow the Caribbean region to access uh, over a billion dollars in. In, for loan facilities, investment um, facilities. So the plan is to really encourage investments in both regions. Mm. So that's it uh, in terms of South-South cooperation. In terms of the multilateral for Jamaica and South Africa, have we have been friends and we have similar positions on, on issues. And I can tell you a few. One of the first things that we ha- we, where we have a synergy is the, um, the decade. The UN has this... Um, determined that there should be a decade of people of African descent. Mm -hmm. Jamaica has been at the forefront of that. As a matter of fact, way back in 2013, it was Jamaica's initiative to have a monument at the United Nations commemorating people of African descent. It's right there at the United Nations since 2013. But we have built on that and there's a decade. The decade has been rolled over from 2021 to 2031. And South Africa is at the forefront of that, and Jamaica stands with South Africa with that. In fact, I have been in dialogue with Durko 
on this matter and there should be a consultation, a regional consultation, a southern regional consultation where we'll be speaking about such issues. More so because the the African Union has declared the African diaspora as the sixth region of Africa. Jamaica is very much in support of that mm. and we, we're looking forward to cooperating with the Africa, the, the, well, the continent on that, or the AU on that. So, so that's one area in the multilateral field. On the trade field, which um, the WTO, we are, we, we, we have similar issues in in terms of wanting to have a fairer, more equitable tr- trading system. We have just completed the the, the ministerial con- um, ministerial meeting last year, um, MC12, and we are um, looking forward to MC13 where we, we're looking at several issues that affect us as developing countries. And, you know, in the area of fisheries subsidies, that's one of the areas where we would have wanted to see greater um, greater strides or, or greater achievements, especially for the developing countries. So it's, it's a work in progress. But certainly with the WTO, we share the same view that um, developing countries, one, should be given uh, a better, uh, a greater role within the multilateral trading system. We want a fairer and a more equitable system where all can benefit. Do we have any key issues of convergence or divergence in both countries at this point? Well, certainly. We have more convergences than there are divergences. I prefer to look at divergences as just a different way of doing things. Mm. For example, I, I know that um, within the multilateral fora, especially with the um, Jamaica and South Africa were part of the um, OACPS. Um, South Africa has withdrawn since 2022 from the OACPS. You know, as I said, we, we have remained members, but it's just, uh, we, we just maybe seek to do things differently in a different way, but we both want the same thing. In terms of international peace and security, we all want the same thing. We want a, a, a reformed United Nations system yes. where um, small countries or developing countries, especially the developing world, can have a greater say. Because when the United Nations was formed in 1945, we were not even in existence as yes. states. We weren't considered. Mm. And I know that Jamaica and South Africa, we have worked together to, to ensure that our voices are heard, that our position, that um, developing countries need a greater stake in the United Nations, that is at the forefront. So we have more convergences than we have divergences. It's just a matter of we may want to do it differently based on our vantage position, but we all want the same thing. So. Mm, mm, mm. It's time. It's about 12 minutes before 11 o'clock. You are still listening to The Diplomat on Ubuntu Radio. I would like us to take a short commercial break before we get back to our discussion with uh, the High Commissioner of uh, Jamaica to South Africa. Let's take a break. There's a word in South Africa. Ubuntu. Ubuntu. Ubuntu Radio. Ubuntu Radio. A better South Africa, a better Africa, and a better world.
information. Are you planning to travel outside South Africa soon on business or for leisure? South African citizens traveling abroad are strongly advised to purchase full travel insurance or an overseas health plan before departure. Proper insurance will ensure protection against paying the cost of any emergency, evacuation or expensive medical bills. A travel agent can advise you on options available to suit your budget. This message was brought to you by Ubuntu Radio in partnership with Turco Consular Services. Ubuntu Radio, South Africa's Public diplomacy in action. In action. An African perspective on global affairs. Ubuntu Radio. Radio. The Diplomat with Thelma Shongwani. Monday to Friday, 9 to midday, Central African Time. Welcome back to The Diplomat on Ubuntu Radio. I am Thelma Shongwani and I'm currently with the High Commissioner of uh, Jamaica to South Africa, Her Excellency Joanne uh, Thomas Edwards. High Commissioner, Jamaica holds similar views. I think you have mentioned this as well, that we hold similar views with uh, with you on several issues. For example, Jamaica wants a reformed and more inclusive and democratic United Nations and a system of global governance that allows the voice and the concerns of large and small countries uh, alike to be heard. What is Jamaica's position on the impact of climate change on small island countries? Okay. Well, Jamaica has long had a position on um, climate change. First of all, we believe that um, as a developing country, a small island state, it is of it's it com- it's at the heart of what we of something that we we, we hold very dear. We, we need to have one of the uh, and I'll and I'll quote: We um, we are part of the alliance for small island states. And as small island states, we are unwavering on the issues relating to climate change, Mm. notably on the enhanced climate ambition consistent with the 1.5 centigrade temperature goal in the Paris Agreement and on the very important issue of loss and damage. Mm. We are committed to the efforts to limit the global average temperature rise to well below 2 degrees Celsius and to aim for 1.5 degrees Celsius, a level which, if crossed, could unleash far more severe climate change effects. We support, therefore, an inclusive and realistic approach to achieve global net zero emissions by 2050 and limit global warming by 1.5 degrees Celsius. It is even more critical now to build energy systems free of fossil fuels by significantly increasing global renewable energy capacities and improving energy efficient rates. So we, um, you know, we are involved in the multilateral processes, you know, the COP28, which is coming up. We are, we be, be very active in that. And we have, um, we have long been an advocate for that, along with several of the small island states, because mm. as, you, as you rightly say, we are very vulnerable. Mm. Sea level rises could impact negatively on our economy. It could impact negatively our livelihoods. Um, people who are in, for example, people who are in the low-lying areas, housing development, it impacts so much on development. So it is dear to us. Jamaica is also supportive of curbing global warming and establishment of a fair and balanced economic and trading system. What, what does that mean? Would you please elaborate that? 
a fair and a fair trading system. Right now, as you know, the trading system is skewed more towards developed countries. Mm. Uh, when you look at the um, the, the rules of the, the, even though the WTO is, is supposed to be create equitable, um, uh, an equitable system, one of the challenges that we have is that it never took into concern the our our vulnerabilities, our um, our development challenges. So yes, um, the the world system says that we should all compete on a on an equal level, but we're all not equal, because some of us will need some kind of cushioning mm. in order to reach to that level. Mm. <clears throat> so it's something that we um, we are very um, dear about in the several rounds of uh, negotiations in the WTO, especially the development round. That has been something that we have been been advocating for. Yes, yeah, so we so we need. Um, um, I I, st- I keep going back to fisheries now. Yeah, <laughs> fisheries <laughs> is something that is dear to us because a, a number of our, our people are our uh, fisher folk. It's a big, it's a lively, it's a it's an industry for us. So when you have rules that are skewed against us and that will, you know, um, will not allow development to take place. It's a it's it's a challenge for us. I don't want to get into all of the technicalities of of fisheries agreements, but mm. that's one of the big issues that we have, mm. where we have not seen the the fruits of the, the world trade trading system as it is. Yeah. In that one, it excludes some of the things that are are beneficial to us. Mm, mm, mm. The inaugural political consultations at senior officials level, which was held on the 28th of June 2022 in Kingston, included a discussion with the South African delegation from the Department of Science and Innovation. Would you kindly share some of the outcomes of that meeting? Hmm. I don't have all the full details of that meeting because those these, those meetings were in private with the experts. But oh. what I do know, mm. they do have certain um, areas that they want to cooperate on and it's a work in progress. So at a later date, I could give you some further and better details on mm. that. Mm. But mm. I think I mentioned earlier, we were looking at nutraceuticals. Yes. Look, I, I know one of the areas that we want to cooperate on is cannabis mm-hmm. and um, cannabis sativa. I know we can develop that um, for economic gain for both countries. But I don't have much more on that right now in that we have not yet got the report from the science and technology mm. consultations. Mm. Mm. The establishment of Africa Continental Free Trade Agreement, otherwise known as the AFCFTA, presents opportunities to boost intra-African trade, strengthen the complementaries of production and exports, create employment and limit the impact of commodity price uh, volatility on the participant and promotes the exchange of a more diverse set of goods as well as contributes to reducing conflict. How does Jamaica intend to take advantage of opportunities that are presented by the AFCFTA? Well, this is something that we are definitely looking at very closely. As I mentioned before, we have the Africa-Caribbean mechanism. Mm. which was um, inaugurated two years ago, where that's one of the issues that we're looking at. How can Jamaica or the Caribbean region 
um, take advantage of AFCTA and also looking at the Africa 2063, which is your development platform. Um, it's still a work in progress. It's still being discussed because, you know, like any other um, trade agreement, you have to look at, you know, operationalizing it. How will it benefit each other? You're going to look at technical issues like um, the um, tariffs and how, um, if you're going to have a trade a trading agreement, how, how will that affect us? How, what benefits will there be derived? So it's something that we're looking at very closely, looking to see um, what, what goods we could really trade with Africa. Because, as you know, there are similarities in terms of goods. The perishable goods the distance creates a challenge how would you how how would you maneuver that so these are some practical things that we have to take into consideration but we do have some specific niche products that we would want africa or south africa to look at and that's our rum jamaican rum our spices our premier coffee which is the best coffee in the world the most expensive and it is the um, flagship coffee in the world. So we'd have to look at getting these products into South Africa. One of the things we want to explore is distributorships. One, uh, so in terms of what I've been doing on a day-to-day -day basis, knocking at doors, who can I find to be a reliable distributor to take some of our products into Southern Africa? So it's a work in progress. I, I believe there are, uh, there are areas that we can exploit. One of the things that we have discussed many years ago is in terms of trade, we would look at the utilizing the cultures, the synergies with the cultures, look at the, the tourism, cruise ship tourism, and twinning trade with that. Mm. So we could ride on culture. Mm. So let's start with our cultural exchanges, which is something which, which are low-hanging fruits. Let's start with our sports exchanges something the things where we have comparative advantages let's start with that and then you can build on things like trade it will come after what is a more long-term thing i am coming through to that uh, um, proposal that you are bringing on the table well uh, jamaica is the second country in the caribbean after cuba uh, that south africa has formal relations with uh, in the fields of science and technology you have already alluded to the uh, collaborations that are uh, happening on the ground. Has there been any developments to deepen relations in terms of establishing science institutions or having exchanges in the academic area, for example? There has been, but as I said before, it's something that needs to be a little more robust. Mm -hmm. I know that um, several years ago there were exchanges in science and technology. Um, where we had Jamaican experts coming to South Africa for conferences and so there there have been and it's something that we can continue mm. or will continue so it's it's definitely a, another low hanging fruit mm. we have a lot that to learn too. from yes it's yeah. something we have a lot to learn from South Africa you're very advanced in that area I mean this is the country that's formed the first heart transplants no one will ever forget that and you um, in terms of technology South Africa is very well advanced. So there's a lot we could learn from you, you know. 
you 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 indicated the interest which Jamaica has in terms of finalizing the twinning agreements between the Blue and uh, John Crow Mountains National Park and uh, World Heritage Sites, Jamaica and Okatlamba Drunkesbeck National Park, uh, which is also a World Heritage Site in South Africa. Are there any uh, strides that are being made, any progress to this effect? Well, um, both, it, it's something that is still in progress. We still haven't finalized it, the twinning arrangement, but it's definitely on the table. Jamaicans and South Africans share a common love for reggae music. Oh, you yes. have mentioned it before. What other commonalities exist except uh, for music and sports? Well, one of the things that um, uh, you do have, um, you said music, sports, big thing, mm. food, okay, the gastronomy, okay. I th that's one of the areas that I'd really love to um, continue promoting. There are Jamaicans here in South Africa who crave for Jamaican food. Mm. Whenever we do get the, the problem is that we don't have the products here, so we need to get the products here. Yes. But our spicy cuisine um, is a very intrinsic part of our culture. And it's something that South Africa, I know, I know South Africans love our food because every time we have any kind of um, reception or so, the food, our spicy food goes. <laughs> so I know that food is one area. I, I did mention tourism. That's something that the people to people contact. I should mention one of the things that I would love to do, and I'm in discussions with SABC, is to have Jamaican content here mm. in South Africa. Mm. So the, the, our language is unique. People like to hear our, our Jamaican, um, well, our Jamaican patio, or just our, our tone. There's mm. something about that. Mm. So we have Jamaican programs, Jamaican um, programs on television, which we would want to be shown or aired here. In South Africa. Mm. Similarly, we love South Africa. Jamaicans love South African um, generations. We have had generations for years. <laughs> and oh, really? it is, yes, mm. we love generations. Mm. And we love to have more South African content in, in Jamaica, Jamaica and vice versa. As I said, that is what will enhance or strengthen the people to people contact so that people understand more about Jamaica to realize that it's not just a, a beach but we are an, a, a country with um, you know with, with, with a lot going on and a country that is open for investments serious about that I personally have a secret ambition to go to Jamaica for tourism purposes oh uh, you, you, you think you, 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 you mentioned earlier on that there's a lot that Jamaica has to offer. Please talk me through some of the attractions that Ooh. one can enjoy in Jamaica. Okay, well, first of all, going as a tourist, there's the North Coast is a, the North and the South Coast are our prime tourism destinations. On the North Coast, we have all-inclusive attractions. <laughs> We have boutique attractions. We have um, we have natural waterfalls like the Duns River Falls. We have um, we we cater to the different types of tourists. Mm. For example, if you are the young person, you want to be do a bit of adventure tourism. We have that. Mm. If you are 
the more retired ones you want a relaxing thing we have the lovely beaches white sand beaches in Negril Portland um, we have the which is a very rustic un, um, unspoilt area of Jamaica so that that kind of tourism so we have for the backpacker we have for the um, the, 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 the retired person we have for the adventure seeker all sorts Montego Bay is another premier area we have cruise ship tourism, so we do have um, tours that come in, cruises that come into our ports at, at Trelawney and in Montego Bay, and you can enjoy culture tourism, heritage tourism, look at our buildings. You know, Jamaica, our history is reflected in our buildings, it's reflected in our people. Mm. So we, we encourage tourists not to just come and stay in hotels, mm. but they should get out into the communities so we have that aspect of the tourism product as well it's a very well developed one and one that we can you you could learn a lot from so we um we have walking tours we have the kingston creative which is in kingston the capital where you could look at um an artistic journey of jamaica there's so much more i could go on and on and on and on but okay. I, I would welcome um, tourists to Jamaica, South Africans. You, you will enjoy it. You know what? Um, when you go to Cape Town, mm. it reminds me of one part of Jamaica. Okay. That's in Ocho Rios. That's another part of, of, of in, in terms of our tourist product. Mm-hmm. Where, uh, you know, it is so lively. You know, nightlife is buzzing. Everything you want is there. Mm. Mm. So think of um, when you go to Durban. That reminds me of another part of Jamaica as well. Okay. So you, you find different, in, in every nook and cranny, you find different aspects of our culture, which you can explore. So I'd, I would encourage you, you can go to the all-inclusive. They do have packages where you can go out to different areas of Jamaica. Oh, yeah. But if you don't want to go all-inclusive, you can go to our... Um, there's Air, there are Airbnbs and all that around. You can contact, contact the High Commission. We can give you tourism brochures where you can choose. It all depends on your taste. Mm. We can mm. tailor something to your, to your need. Mm. Mm. So if you want um, a, a gastronomy tour, we have that. So you can explore the culture of Jamaica through our food. Interesting. You can explore the culture of Jamaica through art. We have museums there. So it's for every every kind of tour, type of tourist. Uh, do we have any visa requirements for uh, travelers to and from Jamaica? Well, that's the beauty of it. South Africans do not. For three months, it's visa-free. Mm. And, okay. it's, and it's the same thing. We have a visa abolition agreement for years now. Jamaicans can come here for three months, no visa, mm. Mm. and South Africans the same. I think... I need to hop into the next flight to Jamaica. Oh, yes. Well, you need to encourage <laughs> South African Airlines to put on a, a, a charter. <laughs> we would love that because there are no direct flights. And mm. that's one of the challenges we have. Those are the you challenges. have to fly either through the United States or through Europe. Mm. Mm. Um, we, we may have to explore some other routes, you know, to see if other airlines might want to take, um, you know, take up that, um, that traffic. But we, 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 um, we really want to build a critical mass. And one of the things that we are looking at is having um, charters around events. Mm. For mm. example, when we have our, our national celebrations in Jamaica, mm. 
mm. it is a good time for a charter to come into Jamaica. Mm. And similarly, um, there's so much happening here in South Africa, we could have the critical mass coming back to South Africa. Exactly. There's a Cricket World Cup, which is coming up next year. Mm. That's an excellent opportunity. Jamaica and South Africa are cricketing nations. Exactly. And that's an opportunity. That, so we could, you have to build it. It's not something that will come automatically. So you build up the momentum towards um, get the, the, pe- yeah, the people-to-people yeah. exchange. So use mm. events. Mm. Use mm. our um, cultural, cultural um, we have our independence celebrations in August. Excellent time to come where we have, um, where the culture is on display. You know, we, we take pride in, in these celebrations. And so it's a good time to come. Having uh, been in South Africa before and coming back now, I believe you have had an opportunity to travel to other parts of, of the country. Which, which place have you been to and you like it that much? Well, I have to tell you, I, I, I have different... I like... There are three places that I really love that they 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 appeal to different parts of me. Mm. There's Cape Town, which is the buzz. Mm. I really love it. Um, Joburg, well, when I was here before, Joburg was really like the cultural center. So, uh, you know, going to the market theater, I, I love that. I love, I, I like Umpumalanga mm-hmm. because of the, the, just the natural beauty of, of the place. The place. Yes, yes it's so agree. breathtaking, God's mm. window. Mm. And, you know, <laughs> just, and, well, I've been to Kruger Park as well, of that side. So the, I, I like the variety that South Africa offers. Mm. So ask me which one is favorite. It, it appeals to different things. Exactly. Different aspects. I like <laughs> that when I want the, um, the, the nice wildlife, there's a Kruger Park and several other game parks that you have. And um, just going to Umpumalanga is just exciting. Cape Town, what a nice getaway. It's always good to, to, you know, it's just two hours flight from, from, from Joburg. So. Yes. It's good to go there. And mm-hmm. for the cultural things, definitely Joburg. Um, do you have any other uh, countries that are accredited to you? Oh, I have Africa? several. I have 18 countries. 18? I have, I have all of Southern Africa and place. all of East Africa. <laughs> so my plan is to really visit all mm-hmm. of them or most of, of them and see what's there because you won't know what's there until you get there. Until you, know? you get there. True. You won't know. So... True. I won't look at um, distance and say, oh, oh, that's far. Oh, we don't have much with that country. This is the opportunity to create. To create something. To create something. I agree. I agree. Well, hi, Commissioner. It's a pleasure having you in studio today. Thank you so much for having made time to come and share these interesting details. And we hope and we are looking forward to more engagements with you. Thank you very much. It was such a pleasure. And greetings to you and thank you, Ubuntu Radio, for what you're doing. Really appreciate how you are promoting South Africa's public diplomacy in action. It's really, uh, it, it's really quite an achievement. So thank you very much, Thelma. It's our pleasure.